You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. I'm back, back in the New York Brian. Scott? Brian, I will not be watching the All-Star Game this evening because the best player in that game uses an interpreter, and I'm just not interested. <laughs> That's true. Forget it. I'm an American. I expect English speakers only. That's right. Otherwise, I can't get excited about athletic achievement. I mean, I'm even I'm half Japanese, but I still won't. St- the other half of me won't stand for it. <laughs> it just won't. <laughs> Learn English. All right. <laughs> Otani, whatever your name is. <laughs> like what? What do you think went into that? Like what was the process there? Was that just off the cuff or, you know, he just needed something to say that that the zig across America was that he's the second coming of Babe Ruth and we needed to zag and it's really hard to do that with his talent so that he had to like what do you think was behind all that I I don't know you're just trying to be interesting you're trying to say something different have a different take one also Stephen A like doesn't he knows basketball he really stinks at the other sports you know he doesn't know anything about baseball he just knows this guy is Japanese and you know, always what's actually really funny, and this happens in other areas, but whenever pundits especially try to speak for like real Americans, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're always they nobody thinks Americans are more racist than the people who attempt to speak for true Americans. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's true. Because his point was like americans won't get into this like he wasn't necessarily saying i stephen a smith though like obviously it's it is he who's probably (laughs) feeling that way but like he's attempting to sort of channel what he thinks other people are feeling and stepping in it that way and you're like you're just speaking for everybody else no one else said they had a problem with it like (laughs) what (laughs) and on the eve of the home run derby it's just like you're the one making it hard for this guy to become the face of baseball like you're this is your thing don't i didn't say anything about it (laughs) don't speak for me you're the one sort of ginning up a controversy that no one else had seen right right and you're so right about how he is like and i know that you're right about him trying to speak for other people because he his first attempt at walking back his remarks was to reiterate or was to say, I was misunderstood. What I was really trying to say is, and then repeated his point pretty much exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, nope, we got, that's a, the first time you said it, that's exactly what I got. This is the right. same thing. He was I trying don't, to make the, he was trying to basically say, like, I'm not saying this. I'm saying it could be difficult for, and it's like, no, right. We know what you were saying. Right. It still stinks. <laughs> Also, you know, that's what Donald Trump does. People are saying, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, you and the people that you are directly connected to. That's who's saying it. Right. I mean, it's also like, I mean, one, look, uh, Shoei Otani doesn't ever need to speak English as far as I'm concerned. It's very hard to learn another language. But it's not even like he's been here 10 years and he's been the face of baseball for five, six years. And like, he can't get through an interview. Like this is his first or whatever. He, you know, he's still not first, but he's still relatively new, like new to certainly this level of superstardom. Like 
you know, I'm, I'm going to work through an interpreter so I don't feel like an idiot when I have to answer questions. <laughs> I mean, of course, not to mention his teammate, Mike Trout, was previously the best player in baseball, and he speaks perfect English, and I don't know if I've ever listened to an interview that he's participated in. Right, and they can't get it, and, you know, nobody wants to care about him either. Like, right. Um, because he walks too much, but that's another story. <laughs> that's one of right. my spicier takes that I'm workshopping. Oh, well. Well, Brian, I'm, I'm glad you workshopped that take in English. Uh, <laughs> and, and to everyone else, welcome to the Already in Progress Giants Among Men podcast. Uh, we will be coming to you uh, on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you for listening. And this episode will be done entirely in English. So in your face, Otani. (laughs) In fact, not only do we not know any other language, we actively refuse learning them because they're inferior. And (laughs) I don't even like speaking the British version of English that my father-in-law utilizes. So it's only American English for me. Yes. And I, I can say that the two of us together for over the period of three years actively did not learn to speak Spanish. We right. had given every opportunity to speak it. And you and I together for three years decided, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. Not for us. <laughs> oh, no. Not out of any sort of racism or it's just total academic indifference. Right. Pure laziness. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. I wish I did speak better Spanish. Otherwise, I would love to know Spanish. I want to learn Spanish. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm glad we got that cleared up. Uh, So just sort of breaking today or in the last day or two is that the Knicks are aggressively or are among the most aggressive suitors for Colin Sexton of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Should we set a goal to do this show in Spanish by a date? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes, we should. Yes. Why don't we challenge ourselves by, I don't know, July this time next year or something or April. (laughs) I don't know when. I don't know what the date should be, but we should do an entire episode in Spanish. What is your what's the status of your Spanish present day? Quite poor. Very poor. But, (laughs) you know, I think if I had a few drinks in me, I could say something to somebody. Right. Offensive, likely, but. Yes, but I can, you know, I can speak it a little. I know a few things, but it's hard to put set like multiple sentences together. I have to like think about a thing I want to say and I can say that one thing like converse. No. Right. Are we allowed like how many how much Spanglish are we allowed to speak? Like how many English words are we allowed to drop in? Right. Maybe 20 percent. Okay. Yeah. Maybe yeah. let's not set a number. We're just going to do our best and then supplement with English where possible. Right. Right. I, I actually, I would say my Spanish is moderately terrible. It's not okay. all the way terrible because I work in a New York City public school and I speak a lot of broken Spanish to various people, okay. you know, throughout the course of my day. Matter of fact, I just helped a young man who speaks almost no English get into Brooklyn College. I was his college advisor. As a matter of fact, just today, we, even though it's July, we're still working on it together. And uh, I use primarily to talk to him, I use Google Translate. 
And then when I just want to speed things up, I start speaking a mixture of Spanish and English. Okay. Well, let's do it. All right. So July 2022. Okay. We will do... If we're still alive and doing this show. (laughs) Even if we're no longer doing this show, even if we're not on Radio Free Brooklyn anymore, if you have a... if If you subscribe to the podcast feed, it'll pop up. Right. Okay. That's that's better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No You'll hear what. us speaking Spanish. No matter what. No matter what. What? How do you say? Hold on. Now I have to. How do you say "giants among men" in Spanish? Los gigantes. <laughs> okay. Hold on. I got it. I got Google Translate up. Gigantes entre hombres. Oh. <laughs> 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 All right, we're doing it. I'm excited yeah, about that. Let's we're gonna, that. yeah, we're definitely titling the pot. That's I'm, I'm excited. Okay. All right, all right. So, Colin Sexton. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably offensive. Right, I apologize. But, yeah. Right. That's not I, that was a, just a, a bad choice. Right. You'll post a full apology to Instagram later today. Yeah. yeah. In Spanish. <laughs> right. 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 That's not what I meant to do. Uh, Colin, I was just thinking about how to, <laughs> Colin Sexton. No, totally fine. Don't worry. Just about English. It. English. Yeah. Colin Sexton. Uh, Brian, what do you make of this Colin Sexton rumor? I think I'm like if you know it was a Shams piece. Uh, Shams. You know, the athletic reporter. Uh oh. Yeah, so I see that too. All right. Is that Champs. okay? Champs. Champs. Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> okay. Um, Up to his old tricks. Yeah, but I, so I put a lot of stock. Like, I think there's a really good chance that happens. I feel like this it's not a move I would make. Um, it's not from the, even the what I've heard, the trade parameters of an OB, an Ox, and a first-round pick. It's not something I would do. I That said, the day after they do it, I would be excited about it. <laughs> yep, that's the appropriate reaction, I think, to have. Like, he's it's... enough of an intriguing player that it would be like, hmm, okay, like, that would be, I'd be curious to see how he is. I, I would be really nervous about it um both giving away that much and then how much you're gonna have to pay him especially if they like signed him right away but he is an intriguing player well so if we get him do we get to give the fifth year extension on the rookie deal or because he gets traded that's that year is not we're not eligible to give him that year you know i don't really know how it works i know the contract is like the reason they're looking to move him um the Cavs, you mean yeah so i don't know like what exactly like if we have to sign him right away or we get to see what he looks like this year i mean you're giving away a lot so assuming you would be paying him although you could just be looking you could have him and then you look at him as like a trade piece for yourself that you can then move in a subsequent deal so i don't think it's like a crippling move and he's only 23 years old no, yeah, I would. It's I would. I don't think that there's a that's a crippling move at all. Um, I think uh, 
I, yeah, I don't know, really know what the concern is. I don't think that we're in any position, excuse me, where we really need to worry about salary at all. It's, it's really just, you know, I mean, I don't, do you know much about Colin Sexton? I know who he is. I know he's, he can score. I know that his plus minus is pretty terrible, but you know, that's kind of misleading given how bad Cleveland has been over the last couple of years. Like the team is just so bad. I don't know how to look at his numbers and evaluate them. Yeah. I mean, it's tricky because like, if you just look at his numbers, they're amazing. And considering how young he is and, um, you know, they they look even more impressive, but yeah, then you look at like, is he actually helping the team at all? And like all of his on off splits look worse. Like they almost look better when he's off the floor. Um, that said, he's playing on a terrible team. He's playing big minutes. So like, you know, that's definitely a little skewed. Also, like you just think of the NBA, like offensive numbers have so exploded that it's hard to put his numbers in, you know, there's, if you look in like historic figures, like a 23 year old who averages 24 points, four and a half assists and shoots 48% from the field. Like that's incredible. (laughs) Um, but you know, it's, it's definitely the league has moved in this direction where scoring is a little easier to do and he's not seemingly helping his team in any significant way. You know, it's hard to know what to make of him. Right. Not to mention, I mean, it's just anyone who plays on a bad team is really going to be difficult to evaluate because you have to assume also that he'll probably get better if he comes to a better team. So what are the ripple effects here? If we're going to trade OB, Knox, and a first rounder, that means that you see, because yeah, I see what you're saying about trying to flip him into something else. But if we're trying to get a point guard, one of the other rumors that's been floating around is that we have those two first round picks that we might try and package together to move up for a better pick. So that would more or less take that off the table, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Though they would still have what they would still have a first round, another first round pick and they'd still have right. Um, first round picks and future drafts and they'd have, you know, a high second round pick this year. So they'd still have a lot of like stuff, um, right. Ability to, 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 to do make things. future moves. Yeah. So how do we feel about them, including Knox in the trade, given the recent videos of him dribbling? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, he's dribbling. He's dribbling left. He's dribbling right. He's dribbling (laughs) in straight lines, sometimes while moving. I mean, really impressive looking stuff. He's moving and then he stops, but he keeps dribbling, even though he stops moving. He keeps dribbling. Sometimes he turns around. Moves again. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you know, I mean, that'd be a good haul for them, I guess. It's one of those things where it's like, why don't they want him? Um, you know, I know they have like sort of another, they have Darius Garland, who's like a similar player. And maybe they just don't feel like that's a really small backcourt. Like they don't think that's going to work out. But it is also like when the team that has a guy who's 22 averaging 24 points a game doesn't want him. That's sort of concerning. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, it's again, it's like I would be really risk averse right now. So it's not a move I would make, but. 
people are going to start saying like, oh, this is like the Knicks, dumb, dummy Knicks. And like, this is a 22 year old who averaged 24 points, shot 38% from three, 48% from the field, 81% from the line. Like, that's not a terrible move, you know? Like, No, not at all. And as a matter of fact, I do think that those shooting numbers are the best sign. Don't right like that you can't fake it doesn't matter the team you're on you would have a bad shooting percentage if you're not a good shooter also i guess looking to it as per which is not a perfect stat although he's not a big man and that's where per can get a little shady you know at at, if your per is a 15 you're a league average player and for the last two years he's been above 15 so he is at a 16.32 years ago and 18 this past season so he's look he's an above average nba point guard Regardless, which, by the way, if we had had an above average NBA point guard all of last season, we would have been a much better NBA team. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I wouldn't hate the move. I I would be a little wary of it. Um, but, uh, you know, I'd hate to give up Obi. I, I understand people want to move him because he's just going to be blocked behind Julius Randle and all that. I just, I don't think that's such a problem. Like, I don't think having two good players... <laughs> at a position is ever like that big a deal um so i'm not like we gotta get obi out there like again if we're gonna make a trade i'd rather be a little choosier and wait but um you know it sounds like it could really happen so we're gonna ha- we may have to get used to the idea so obi and randall should not be on the f- same team <laughs> Look, they probably shouldn't, right? I mean, they are a little yeah. bit redundant, but it's not like the thing that I think it's being made out to be where it's like they cannot, there's just no point in having them both. It's like, why not? It's, what's wrong with having two good power forwards? No, I agree with you. And honestly, I would have no problem with the move. It's not even something I would have to get used to. I think you captured it perfectly. And I think you've also sort of laid the groundwork where I'm going to go into it expecting to not love it the second it's made and then the next day feel good about it where now I'll just feel good about it right away because I've already done the day. Right, right. That's true. Um, but no, I, I would be totally fine with it. Like something like that, I I would, let's see. What are the moves you'd rather have? I don't know that I would prefer Lonzo to this. No, definitely not. So yeah, I wouldn't prefer Lonzo to that. I th- think I would prefer Lowry. Yeah. Um. And Chris Paul, right? Like Reggie Jackson. I don't. I think I'd rather this than than sign Reggie Jackson to like right. He's like thirty one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess he's battle tested. You know, the thing is, is that we're this is exactly what we should be doing. In all honesty, we have cap space. We need a guard. We have an opportunity to roll the dice on a twenty three year old who, you know, I guess you could say he's unproven, but he hasn't been bad. No, he's been very efficient and effective. Good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'd be very pleased with this move. There would be I would see nothing wrong with it. And it would let us go into into the next season at least feeling like we did something. And not like we did anything, but also not that we did nothing. We did something. I feel like it makes us better. Yeah. I mean again, I don't know. There's part of me that's like doesn't it's just like A big, I don't know how, what level of commitment we'd have to make to him. There's part of me that makes me angsty. Um, but again, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, I agree with It's like the day after would be like, well, cool. <laughs> so the, the part of you that makes it angsty, what is the worst case scenario that that 
what's the worst case scenario for this as you see it? Well, do we have to like give this guy a max deal and a big contract and then we have him and it turns out that those on off stuff, that plus minus is right and he makes you worse and now it's hard to deal him. Um, and Obi explodes on the calves and looks awesome. And they get it, they draft a good player with our pick, and now we just it seems foolish, and we're a little bit trapped. Um, Are we gonna have to max him? I don't know. I mean, he's gonna want big money, and I know the issue is that his con- I, I, you know again I I, we, I should have looked up more of what his contract deal is, but um, I, I think you're gonna run into that as a problem pretty quickly, whether you move him or sign him to a long term deal you're going to have to like figure that out fast. So he's due a rookie extension with the deadline in October. And that extension could be 168 million spread out over five years. So what is that annually? That's oof, geez. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So he'd be making more money than Julius Randall. Right. Ugh. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Right. <laughs> but I mean, right. I don't want to do that. But he's not going to get that. He's not going to where I mean, is he going to get that anywhere? Yeah, I don't know. Right. No, why would anybody give him that? Right. So I don't think Colin, you have to give him that. Yeah. Colin Sexton is not getting a 30 million dollar deal in the NBA. Right. Right, there is always the thought. It's like you don't have to give him that. <laughs> Right, right. You don't like have to do that. Um, I guess the thinking is is we trade him, and if we don't want to give him that extension, and he plays out this contract, and he doesn't want to resign with us, then we gave up a pick and Obi for one year of Colin Sexton. Which yeah, yeah. Feels short sighted. Right. Uh, there's just no way, though. His market value cannot be thirty million dollars. No, I don't think it would be. Yeah, no yeah. way. Right. Yeah. So what do, what would you like to pay him? Let's play fake math. Because I don't even know what a reasonable number is. Like I saw Reggie Jackson could be had for 15 million. Right. Annually, right? So if you're if you could get a max extension of 30, are you cutting that in half? Are you accepting that? Is that his market? You know like well, we got to go as high as 20. Like how high do you go for him? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm talking again, myself talking out of Lonzo, it. Lonzo is in the 20 million range, people assume, right? Like, right. So, um, uh, yeah. I mean, I think you'd be looking at like high teens for him, 18 okay. to 20. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Especially if we had give him a little time to audition. Say it's four years, 18 to 20, something like that. Sold. I could do that. Yeah. Four years, 18 to 20. Yeah, I'm in on that. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a way it makes sense anyway, is the point. And right. there's also a way it doesn't. So, Where do you stand with the front office right now? What's your level of trust in them to handle this correctly? Hi. I mean, I think if they did it, I, that's part of why I'd be like, okay, let's see yeah. it. Let's see how it goes. Me too. Um, I'm not... I'm not lockstep with them. I'm not like sold. This is like a great 
front office we've assembled, but I'm definitely giving them the benefit of the doubt until something really starts, stops working. What are the potential comedic pitfalls, mostly unintentional of having a player on a roster with sex in his name? (laughs) Will Clyde slip up something? Mike Green? Clyde could, um, you know what's funny, and I'm glad this hasn't happened, but Mike Breen, and I don't know, maybe we should post this, so maybe we'll go viral. We'll be the uh, the Hannibal Burris of Mike Breen's downfall. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Breen on Imus, man, used to be terrible. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. He was like, he would do these like kind of racist jokes. Uh, and like, if you, if anyone goes through those old archives, like... Um, you know, not racist is too strong, but you know, of the times humor about athletes and caricatures of people and stereotypes. And he was like this, the funny sports guy. And then he's transitioned into this total square straight man. And every once in a while, you know, you can tell he's, he's witty on the broadcast, but he would, you know, he he was very funny back in the day on Imus. Um, but like risque. What should we try and establish a year, like a cutoff year, where if you said racist things prior to this year, it can't be held against you in the court right. of public opinion? I'm surprised that no one's gone through and like found an IMIS clip of Breen that is problematic and made us think about it. But I mean, I'm not advocating for this. I love Mike. Mike Breen is literally my favorite announcer. I was going to say of any of them. Right, like who, who's like who are Mike Breen's enemies? I guess is the point. That's probably yeah. why none of this stuff. Yeah, because he's a good guy. He's been, you know, there he is with Clyde every night, and they have a great chemistry. And he's he's the best announcer, I think, of all the major sports. Um, I totally I, agree. I, I think Mike Breen might be the best announcer. You know, I don't know. There's Keith Jackson, Mike Breen, yeah, Marv, I guess. Marv was excellent. Al Michaels. Yep. I put yeah. Brian up there with with any of them. Yeah, I definitely got him ahead of Joe Buck. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pat Summerall. Oh, I guess who's the Dodgers guy that I'm? Why, why am I blanking on his name? The greatest of all time, um, Ben Scully. Ben Scully. Yeah. The true master. But outside of that, Mike Breen. Oh, he's the tops. Near the top. He's excellent. So nobody um, do this, but I'm just saying, if you wanted, you could find some juicy stuff looking at old I miss Mike Breen clips and I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Even last year, uh, Breen and Clyde had a couple of interesting exchanges about the weed store. <laughs> right. I mean, texting and sexting, like, is that going to be what's Clyde's going to be? <laughs> sexting. Texting and sexting is yeah. way to the hoop. <laughs> Brian. Scott. So to our our listeners out there, our fans out there, uh, something has happened to my computer. Brian and I, uh, luckily, the Colin Sexton recording is the original texting and sexting segment. Uh, But we did a whole segment there on name, image, and likeness that just got lost to the internet. The internet has it. We just don't know where it is. Right. Impossible to search the entire internet. It's lost even. to history. So we're back. Uh, so unfortunately, just our takes 
now on name, image, likeness will not be steaming hot. They right. will be lukewarm. Um, they won't have the urgency and the enthusiasm of the original. <laughs> right. Although, I don't know, a couple pros like us, I think we're going to have to summon the strength, right, Brian. Okay, you're right. You're right. This is the radio game. This is the name of the game. That's right. All right. So let's do it this way. Name, image, likeness. I'm all in because Mitch McConnell is all out. Really? He's like, oh, talked about it. Yeah, he he. So he his comments they were I, unbelievable. I mean, they were unreal. He basically what he came out and said, look, under the old system, the athletes who played revenue generating sports would either turn pro and make a lot of money or not turn pro and get a free education. And all the athletes in the non-revenue generating sports still got a free education. All that sounds like a pretty good deal to me. So I don't understand why we have to change a system that was working. Working for who? Exactly. (laughs) Working for people who want free labor. I mean, I just don't, I don't understand in every other thing, sphere of life, the conservative position would be the total opposite. Why in right. this one thing do they are they so against this one group of people being paid? Like I just don't. If there's a if if people are willing to pay these kids money to do this, why would anybody be against it? I just don't get it. Like if somebody wanted to pay you, Scott Ishi, to do anything, I would be supportive of it. You know, <laughs> like I can't right. imagine being like no you shouldn't get paid to do that. Like, let's say Radio Free Brooklyn wanted to pay us to do this show rather than us paying them. Why would somebody be against it? I just like, don't, I don't get it. Like, why does it matter to you? Like, it's one thing to say that you yourself wouldn't pay these kids that college sports is not valuable enough to pay money, but you don't have to pay them anything. Like, these right. businesses are saying, I will pay them. We would love to pay them to sponsor our products or do whatever, sign helmets and jerseys, and we will give them money in exchange for it. Like, who is anyone to I just don't, I can't, I can't understand it. I mean, I can understand, I understand it. it. I mean, I know what it is. <laughs> it's like, it always comes down to like, just brute racism, you know, and like why people can't just look in their own hearts and understand that just the sight of these young black men earning money, you feel they don't deserve. And this will segue nicely into, I think the next thing we wanted to talk about, about team USA, but like what it's just amazing to me how powerful that is. That it's just the thought of these college kids walking around with, it's just like, what they work really hard. They're really talented. People want to pay them money. Get out of their freaking way. What? Tell me. So if you're Mitch McConnell, you're not going to admit that this is because you're a racist, that that opinion is because you're a racist, right? So like if you're him, what do you tell yourself is actually the problem? I think, again, it's the conservative position of you know, when you change something, there's unintended consequences and things can get worse. And that's, this will be worse for these students and they will do worse and they will be negatively impacted by this because this system protects them and 
the goal is to get them an education and blah, blah, blah. I think that's the lie you're telling yourself. So if you're Mitch McConnell and you already tell yourself that making money is not a problem, like, I don't know a single Republican that is against people making money. Right. So what what does he fear then? What's the What could go wrong in his mind that makes it worth not allowing people to earn their market value? I don't know. Yeah, right. That they'll, that this will create some kind of mass, like 30% drop in graduation rates among athletes. And then we'll have this army of destitute former college athletes. I don't know. I mean, I guess, is that where we're, they think we'll, this will lead or so much rank corruption in college athletics, which I mean, Jesus, how, <laughs> how much worse could it be? Right. Um, you know, at least now they could just pay the money that, or, or hook them up with a local car dealer. They don't have to bring them to like a whorehouse and entertain them to get them to sign a scholarship. Um, so also, yeah. legitimately, why does anyone care about graduation rates? That's a serious question. Why does anybody care? What difference does it make? See, like anyone, what anyone else's education is. Well, I mean, if you're interested in designing the system of college athletics, right, you want, you're interested in it serving some societal goal. I don't know. More athletes graduating from college is good, right? That's good, I think. More people getting college degrees and then they can make more productive workers in our shared economy. I'm not arguing against people graduating from college. That's not yeah. the like my point. My point is just like what like what does anybody care if some random person you don't know does or does not graduate from college? Why is that your problem? And well, if, if you're like a policymaker though, right? You wouldn't want to like implement a policy that led to a 25% reduction in college graduates, right? Like as a matter like i mean i suppose wouldn't that be so. a failure of whatever that and i'm not saying i'm not for one second suggesting that's what's going to happen i'm just saying right if I that guess... did happen i think wouldn't that that would then become a compelling argument against like let's say this happens and it leads to some kind of mass you know, impact on graduation rates among division one athletes. I think people would then, I, I think you would rightfully go, well, you would look at that as go, was that the cause? And then do we have to make some changes to how the, like. Right. But if graduation rates reduce because so many people are becoming millionaires, like, is that a problem? Yeah, that's true. No, that's a good point. Yeah. No, then no. Cause it has to be, why is the graduation rate dropping? Right. If it's just dropping, for you know yeah. unidentified reasons but if it's dropping because people are like well i don't need to finish college i'm rich already right and i have a stuffed savings account you're right no that's yeah. true yeah that's a good point and if and if, if i decide to come back to college later on when i when i lose some of this value i'll have the money to pay for it myself yeah that's a good point so i i just don't even you know and i guess it's telling that mitch mcconnell i think that the video i saw of him giving these comments looked a little bit like a bootleg so it's not like he did this in the halls of Congress where he could get asked a follow-up question like, what's your problem? <laughs> or why are you against people earning money in a capitalist society? Uh, and so he just said it, obviously, just to please people who, you know, like you said at the open, 
I wonder what it is about the athletes that people picture when they think of college athletics that makes Mitch McConnell not want them to earn money. I know. I, I just can't. It's going to be so cool. It's going to be so cool. There's going to be all these kids walking around with money in their pocket. Um, and again, I think it could very well, these people could start flourishing. Like money in your pocket has, you know, the opposite effect of what I think a lot of conservatives mm-hmm. argue, that it can make you lazy. And I think it gives you a sense of security and solves a lot of problems for you that actually these kids might start doing better in school or yes, like investing in their families and like money is good. You, it, it helps people. They do better when they're flush with money than worse. And so I think you could start to see a lot of like um, uh, just compound positive effects of this as we go along. A hundred percent. I mean, we were talking about this earlier, but uh, because I have a daughter who's enrolled in the New York City public school system, I received an EBT card um, because it's some, some sort of government city program uh, for that. And a friend of mine also got one. And I, and I we're both teachers, he and I. And I said to him, I was like, well, I got 800. I got an eight hundred dollar EBT card. I guess I'm going to quit my job now. Yeah, right. because, you know, no more motivation to work because I got eight hundred bucks from the government. Like. That's insane. Right. Of course, I'm not going to leave my job. I have to keep all my jobs, but it's super nice to have 800 bucks to buy food with. Right. But I mean, this isn't even like a government handout, right? This is just capitalizing on your own skills and gifts and just taking advantage of your own market power. Like it's there's just no argument against it. Which is, I guess, right. why it's finally happening. Like, it just takes, it has to be so irrefutable. Like, wait, that makes no sense. Why can right. they not do that? Like, why can right. they not sign an autograph and get paid for it if somebody will pay them for it? That's madness. <laughs> well, and I was listening to somebody else talk about it, and it was kind of interesting. They were saying that basically COVID was the death knell for name image, for them not profiting off their name, image, and likeness. Because once the NCAA was just like, you know what? It's not our problem what happens during COVID. Conferences, you guys sort it out. Like basically, NCAA, once you decide to say not our problem to something that's a huge problem, you can't then be like, yeah, but you guys, it's just you lose all credibility. Yeah. As though you had any begin with. Yeah. I just, I guess, I just feel like the logic for it just became so irrefutable that nobody could stand in the way of it any longer. I also think people just, they jump right to, here's how everyone's going to misuse, like, this is a benefit, here's how everyone's going to misuse it. And that's always everybody's first thought. But what's to say that some of these college kids are going to make a ton of money, and they recognize that they have a pro career ahead of them, and they take this really seriously? Maybe they'll use some of this money to get their own apartment and a really nice bed so that they're making sure that their sleep is right so that their rest is right so that they're at their physical peak all the time little things like that where i don't think any of these kids are going to make enough money where they can do kind of what lebron does where he spends however many hundred thousand dollars a year on his body and uh what's his name uh harrison with the steelers what was his name uh that lunatic that huge scary guy um, yeah, I know you're talking about, um, the pass rusher. Yeah. He sleeps in some weird chamber. Hyperbaric chamber. Yeah. Like you'll get some college kids who invest in themselves in some of this stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, look, there's going to be media scare stories about bad outcomes and, you know, it just is going to be, I, I don't, I think they will be overwhelmed by positive stories and outcomes. And, you know, there's no way to argue that the status quo is serving anyone well and doesn't have problems. So it's not an excuse to like not try this and see how it goes. And I think it's, it's crazy. It's going to be so fun. I can't wait to see what happens. Me too. Me too. And I think too, I'm excited for some of these universities that really couldn't get their act together to be back. I think Miami can really benefit from this. Texas is really going to benefit. Right. Who knows? And I like the argument too, that like the rich will get richer or something, or that it'll impact the like competitive balance of college sports. Like who cares? Like that's, that's a reason to deprive these people of like income is so that like, also, as though college sports was all was currently competitively balanced. Right. It's already you know, haves like, and have-nots all over the place. Right. I mean, there's not a lot of turnover at the top as it is. Yeah. So that's like, let's not do it because this might create a problem that we already have. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. Right. No, so, I can't wait. Me either. I can't wait. I really hope I, they start selling old jerseys of uh, college players. I would love to buy yes. some. Like, oh, what what would be so a Ewing Georgetown jersey? Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I'd be in on that. What else? Who else is on your like wish list? I was thinking I want to get a Tommy Frazier Nebraska jersey or jersey. Oh, he was electrifying. <laughs> oh, yeah, I that's loved fun. Him. Or um, some of those old Notre Dame. Uh, what's his name? Tony Brown. I might get one of those. Oh, the old quarterback. Okay. He was cool. Yep. I'm going Troy Smith, Ohio State football. Um, I would I would I would want to venture out of Ohio State though for basketball. Let's see. What's the Yukon star? I was gonna say I might get? get like a Khalid El Amin. Yeah, Khalid El Amin. <laughs> I could see a lot of ironic Felipe Lopez jerseys popping up around Brooklyn. Yeah, I could see that. Queens. St. John's, yeah. Yeah. A lot of Chris Mullen jerseys. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Going to see a lot of those. That's true. Floating around. But I would definitely get a Ewing Georgetown. Ewing like, Georgetown would be super cool. That would be sick. Yeah. Yeah. So much potential. Right. That's the best idea, actually. I love that idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So while we're back to basketball a little bit, uh, let's talk about some alarming news in the international basketball world. The United States of America lost twice, Brian. They did. I mean, look, these are embarrassing losses. It's very weird that they lost to the Nigerian team. Although it should be pointed out, this is not the Nigerian team of years past. They have like six or seven NBA players. Like, Right. They have like really, half the Sacramento Kings on there. Yeah, team. they're really stretching the definition of a Nigerian. <laughs> <laughs> um so it's not as bad as it seems, but they've lost, they lost two exhibition games. Um, but I just find there's something so strange about the reaction to any time a team USA basketball with pros on it loses. It's like, there's this panic about it, that it represents some kind of like impact, you know, impact on American society or that it reflects some sort of 
decline in our dominance. You know what I mean? Like it, it sends everybody into this panic about America's place in the world that we can't kick everyone's butt in basketball. And there is always this, I, it's not, I don't want to know. It's There's a, a race element to it. You know, it's these highly paid black stars who are playing, who always seem to get painted with this like, they're, don't care enough. They're somehow defective. Yeah, they're not patriotic enough or they're not buying into the team. I mean, I, I, it's not totally race because you'll see this happen with um, actually the American Ryder Cup team in golf where there's somehow they some so, there's something wrong with Americans and our ability to like put country first. In the, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know what I'm trying to get at, but there's something perverse to the reaction. <laughs> like those two teams had a lot of pros on them too. And they lost two close games and and it happens. And like, eventually some other team is going to challenge us in basketball supremacy and it's okay. (laughs) Right. Which by the way is awesome. Do you think some of it is rooted in the fact that a major battle in the cold war was played in, in us versus Russia hockey. And because we won that game, that's part of why we won the cold war. And so people realize <laughs> that sports can like, it was basically right. team USA hockey and Rocky four ended the cold war. And that's why maybe, maybe those people are right. You know, I've always been really curious about how, what Russia, the books or documentaries or movies they've made about the 19, the Russian basketball team that beat us, you know, the famous game where yes, they had to ran the play three times. Like, do they have like a miracle movie about that right. team? And and how, what's right. the mythology around? That? I bet it's insane. They probably love that team. I bet they trot them out at events and, you know, what a victory that was for them. Beat the great Americans in basketball. Like I've always been so curious of that. Um, but I don't know. It's just somehow, and look, it, they're kind of embarrassing losses. Like I think everybody associated should feel like what the hell, like, we, I mean, our team is awesome. Like, how are we losing to Australia? <laughs> um, but I guess at the end of the day, they're exhibitions and they're maybe they're working on some stuff. And I, I don't know. It just doesn't, I don't think it sim- signals like some crisis in American society that our basketball team lost a couple exhibition games. I don't know. Not at all. And I, I think some of what I've read too is that you have a lot of these other international teams with fewer NBA players on them they have kind of a core that they can have together practicing all year round. They're really just gearing up for this. And then you sprinkle in a few stars into that mix and they have a much easier time of it. Whereas we we have our team is all NBA players playing various lengths of a season. You know, you already have some people saying about, you know, the short time between the bubble and this season and this season being condensed is that it took a physical toll on players I mean, either way, yeah, you just have a lot of guys that aren't used to playing together. They get together for the first time. They're in an exhibition game. They know they're in an exhibition game. I mean, if playoff series, when you get a team that goes down 2-0, then goes home for a game three, and they look like they're clearly the, the inferior team, and then they win that first game back at home because a lot of times they're just more desperate than the other team. Now you're talking about a dream team situation in international play in an exhibition game. My guess is Nigeria and Australia were a lot hungrier. Our guys were a little more worn down. 
It's just, it's a silly thing to worry about. Also, fine, you want to change USA Basketball to what? Just don't let the pros play anymore? Who wants that? Right, or maybe, and, and fine. Like, I just like, who cares? I don't know, you know, it's like, right. it's not a big deal if they lose. I mean, I think they'll probably win the gold too and be really yeah. good. They're a really great team. <laughs> but if they don't and somebody upsets them, it's okay. <laughs> I would almost welcome it, to be honest with you, not in any sort of lack of patriotism, but it's the same way where it's like, you know, obviously I root for Ohio state against Michigan every year. And I would never think to root for Michigan at this point, but like they haven't won one in so long. It's like not even a rivalry anymore. So it's right. not even fun. It would be it fun. Even, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It doesn't feel even on the table that they're going to win. Like Olympic so, basketball becoming a legit tournament that was in dispute over who's going to win would be fun. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yes. You're right. I would love that. That's a so, good point. Yeah. Let's go Slovenia. Somebody. <laughs> do do right. something. Yeah, right. Get it together and take us down. Yeah, right. There we go. So uh, sticking with international sports, I thoroughly enjoyed the Euro. Is it called the Euro Cup? The Euros. It's just the Euro 20. It's always the Euro and the year. So it's the European Championships 2020. Do they do the European Championships every year? Every four years. Every four years. What's soccer's problem with that? That's that's very soccer. Soccer is annoying in so many ways. <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed that game on Sunday. I was riveted. I wanted more. I was thirsty for more. I wish it was on TV more often. I just think there's a lot of things about soccer that are super annoying. And it's hard to separate it from also this. Why is soccer an every four-year sport? Why can't it just be all the time? Why do they have these awesome tournaments every four years? Well, they just have this one and the World Cup are every four years. They do. I mean, otherwise, soccer is endless. It's like never-ending. They're always playing. Um, you know, it's hard for American fans. Like, our league stinks. I Actually, it's funny. I'm glad you brought up this topic because I was Googling because I felt the same way. I was like, I'm really into this. I wish I could, like get more into soccer like a great game is a great game and i think most of americans boredom with soccer is just that we don't have a good league and our american team is not very good and then every once in a while like like any sport like if you just showed up for the super bowl and it was that 10-7 rams patriots year you might be like football stinks right and like i find sometimes with soccer like you show up for a big game once in a a four-year period and it just isn't doesn't come out it doesn't end up but if you watch enough of it you realize that like oh there's sometimes there's super exciting games just like any sport um and i was like googling can the mls get in the champions league which is you know the big like the the, all the best power leagues that's their tournament at the end of it and like no they can't because it's just not it's a different continent or whatever so we play in the Concacaf uh champions league rather than the uefa champions league and that's ultimately why the mls will never be a power league you know and but so it's also though do the south american leagues not play the european leagues at all they don't yeah that's also the problem yeah i mean there should be some kind of tournament that gets the best teams from the whole world into one tournament annually Yes, annually. And then there is a championship, a true world champion. And if the Ameri- if MLS could ever get itself into that tournament, you could see 
soccer in America, like really become a huge deal. Although it all, I mean, it's growing. It is unbelievable. It's, it's been predicted for generations now. This does feel like the first time it really has started to take root. But like, I find it really tough. I'd love to be a Premier League guy, but it's hard to get into it. I know. Well, first of all, because we have no geographic ties to a team. But also, first of all, why? All right. Let's just go over the problems. Because everybody knows who the soccer players were. And a lot of them were cool. But there was always at least one dude that was on the soccer team, but was really insecure about being on the soccer team. And it was really way more about that kid than it was about anything else. Because if you were cool and on the soccer team, no one thought less of you. But if you were annoying on the soccer team, people did think less of you. Right. And, you know, you're probably the kid who insisted on calling it football. (laughs) And, you know, so soccer has its issues, I think, with me personally anyway. Yeah. But why, why isn't there just one league? What's everybody's problem? We, I mean, it doesn't even have to be in America. Like the NHL, every sport has one league for all the best players playing that league. Why is soccer not that way? Well, because that's really not true, right? I mean, like Japanese has a baseball league and they don't like, you know, we America, all the other sports only have an American league. Like we only, it's all American. Like Right, but all the best, like international basketball has gotten so much better. All the best international basketball players trying to get to the NBA. Even Japanese baseball is excellent, but the best players come to play in America. I'm saying that there is always like a best league that the best players want to be in. It doesn't have to be in America, but why doesn't soccer seem to have that? Well, they have close to it. I mean, I would argue, I think you could argue the Premier League is pretty close, but then, yeah, you have the Spanish League with Barcelona and those teams, Madrid, and they, but you know, the, they have those leagues are old and they have huge histories and lots of money. And you know, they tried, right? I mean, I don't know if you saw this yeah. effort to try the Super League. And yeah, I was joking. I was excited. I mean, too. And the, the, the diehards were like, this is a nightmare and horrible. And I was like, I totally get that. But like, it would be really cool. And I would, I hope they make the Super League happen. Like, as, as somebody who doesn't follow soccer, I was like, yes, that would get me into it. Um, and Where yet, is the Premier like what is the Premier League encompass? You know, it's it's ultimately English teams. Um but it's so it's you know, it used to be the British Premier League and now it's the whatever it is, Barclays are, or something. <laughs> are there Italians that play in that league or is Italy has its own thing going on? There's no Italian teams, there are Italians that play in that league, but like most of the best players in the world play in that league. So what AC Milan is that? A, is that a team? Yes. Do they have good players? <laughs> I don't know. We should have prefaced this with "We are totally ignorant of soccer." I know a little. You know clearly nothing. Um, <laughs> but I, I well, think it's useful because it, it is like I agree with you. But like the Champions League, ultimately, is what you're talking about. The best, the best teams do meet in the Champions League, and it's really cool. And you could watch it. When um, is that? It happens every summer. Like, it'll so start cha- soon. The Champions League? Yes. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. And first of all, I think it's good we didn't prep for this. I, I intentionally <laughs> didn't prep for it. Because the, the prep I had was watching that game on Sunday and feeling like, why is this not something I do all the time? Yeah. Why Why don't I have this experience 
and at least a weekly basis. And all my questions, I don't know the answers to. And why is that? It's a failure, Brian. It's a failure of the institution of soccer. Okay. Well, Not my there is the Champions League brings together all it's the champions of all the various the, the biggest leagues in Europe and around and they send teams and it is a pretty it's an extraordinarily huge event outside of America that is the Super Bowl the Champions League it's huge um it's a big deal it's hard to all get right, into because so, like we don't have a team so as we prepare to speak Spanish in one year <laughs> Can we let's let's independently we won't discuss it with each other. Let's look at what's going to happen in the Champions League, and we'll pick a team to root for this year. We won't tell each other, so it'll be interesting. Do we end up rooting for the same team? Okay. Or are we, you know, rivals in this? Okay. And we'll take it from there. I should we do that? Yes. All right. So and the then, draw for the Champions League, Scott, is August twenty sixth. Oh man! So what an interesting fall it'll be. So Football. we can we can get ourselves pick our team and then read up on uh, you know. I have friends up. who are into the Premier League and have teams, and then are into this stuff all the time. Um, like who? Ed? No, like friends of mine from Major League Baseball. When I, it was I had a lot of people I worked with um, who were into it. Okay, so. All right. I think that we should I I don't know. What's a better idea? That should we choose a, a Premier League rivalry and then take opposite teams? Or should we do what I originally suggested with the Champions League and go from there? Let's do it with the Champions League and we'll try to get into it. This will be great. Okay. My wife will kill me. Like, no, right. I'm, I'm a soccer fan now. <laughs> All right. I can't wait I can't wait to sign off of this chat and go tell my wife, well, <laughs> While I was taking my hour of the week to record my podcast that I paid to, to make with Brian, we decided to also become a fan of a new sport. I also recently announced to my family that I was going to start following UFC. I'm going to try and get into it at this point. Okay. So so you've got a lot of new passions. <laughs> Spanish, soccer, right. UFC. Yeah. Well, I got a lot to do. We're busy. We're do. busy. We're all busy yeah. men. Well, Brian and I are going to get started on all that homework we've given ourselves. So thanks to everybody for tuning into our show. We will see you next week. RadioFreeBrooklyn.org.